Welcome into the Inside Source Mavericks podcast week two. Connor Mullins alongside Clark Sullivan again this week. Mavericks are one and two after their first three games. Definitely should be three and oh. Clark, give me an opening thought about these first wild three games. Man, I will say I'm disappointed, but I'm also not surprised. Uh, And I'm going to pin the blame on. Well, it, it falls to a couple guys, but I'm going to pin the blame on Jason Kidd. It's his fault, man. We'll talk about those rotations later on. The whole world is talking about those rotations, it feels like. Um, but I will also say that there is a silver lining. Both losses by two points only. First loss to the Suns. It's the first game of the season. I'm not too worried about that. Suns are a great team. Last night's loss was pretty brutal, but um, we're looking good. The team's looking good. They're looking really good, and Luca and Christian Wood have been even better than we expect. Well, not that expect- not expected. They've been really good this yes. season. Yes, they're first and second in the league right now in player efficiency rating by ESPN. Mm. Better than anybody else in the league, but Christian Wood's still coming off the bench. I know it's three games in, but we'll see him in a starting role soon. And people are saying he'd be a six man of the year easy. Absolutely, right now. I mean, if it, the season ended today after three games for whatever yeah. reason, yep. he would be the six man of the year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about Suns and Mavs on Wednesday last week. Mavericks were up big at halftime. And then Phoenix, for whatever reason, just comes back in that second half and they uh, win that game. Disappointing, but a two-point loss nonetheless. You know, it's a tough environment in Phoenix. Yeah, It's not an easy environment to play in. We were playing out of our minds in that first half. Yeah. And then it, we just lost it. It's mm-hmm. similar to the game last night, which we'll get into later, but... Just disappointing. Yeah, it's a it's a rivalry game at this point. We talked about that in the last podcast. It's basically a rivalry at this point between Phoenix and Dallas. There's a lot of bad blood. Uh, it's an incredibly hostile environment to play in. Um, we were up really big, and then it's to be expected. It's kind of the Mavs' M.O. over the last couple seasons that we just tend to kind of lose some of those big leads that we get, uh, which I would like to amend. But once we started losing that momentum, Phoenix – caught hold of that and uh, I think the crowd honestly took him over the top Um, but it's not too bad I mean Damian Lee with the game winner with those last couple clutch buckets I'm really not worried about that happening ever again Um, so I think it was a great game played by the Mavs Uh, also great comeback by Phoenix DeAndre Ayton was a killer in those last couple minutes in that fourth quarter um, he so, had 18 points and 10 rebounds at the end of that game. Yeah, and he was he was playing horribly at the start of the game. Chris Paul played a pretty bad game. Um, so it was to be expected that we were winning at the beginning in that first half, but it's whatever. And free throws. I forgot, I completely oh, forgot about free, free throws. throws until I looked back at it, but 21 to 34 from the line is not good enough. No. Luca was 13 for 13, but <laughs> Christian Wood was 3 for 10. Like, you, yeah. can't, you can't do that in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, especially especially late in the game like that, you got to hit those free throws. And you know, if we make those free throws, if we make three of those free throws, we win the game. I know it's it. just it's just poor from the Mavericks. Miles Bridges 60%. three of four, yeah. DeAndre eight and two of three, Chris Paul four for four. That's what you need. Booker seven for seven. Landale eighty six percent. Eighty six percent. Yeah, I mean that that's what the Mavericks have got to do. You know, if they want to win games like that, close games, and then on the flip side. You turn around Saturday in the home opener for the Mavericks against the Grizzlies, a huge win wow. for the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a great home win. 
It was it was incredible. Uh, I wanna I wanna say that even though Memphis was losing was missing a couple of their key players, a forty one point win is a statement regardless of who's playing. Exactly. Um, especially considering the fact that Memphis is one of the most hyped up teams coming into this season because of their playoff run last year, because of John Morant, because of Desmond Bain. Uh, they have Steven Adams now. Like because of all that stuff, I a forty-one point win over Memphis is a forty-one point win over Memphis. So people are trying. Some people are trying to kind of minimize that that blowout win, but I'm still super happy with that. Agreed. One thirty-seven to ninety-six. The final score of that game. Dorsey was playing well at the end of the game. Other guys were getting in, and kind of that garbage time, which we were talking about, is kind of like the worst thing about NBA basketball. But Nonetheless, a great game for the Mavericks, 30-36 to 36 from the free-throw line in that one. So that's much yeah, improved from game so one. So much better. Christian Wood shooting 12 for 14 from the free-throw line. We also got our first look at Jaden Hardy in that game. I will Didn't say, play great. <laughs> did he did not, not play great. Did not play but great. But at the same time, he's going to be great in the future. He's a guy for the future. Yeah. he's. I mean, he's coming in six minutes off the bench in garbage time. The dude's nervous. It's his first NBA yeah. game. Give I'm not worried about that. I was glad to see him on the court, though. Um, one thing that I think is important to notice, and we'll, we can kind of dip into this whenever we get to the Jason Kidd segment because we all know it's coming, but JaVale McGee, 13 minutes versus, uh, versus the Grizzlies, 12 minutes versus the Pelicans last night, 14 minutes in the Suns game. It's been interesting game. distribution of minutes. It has been really interesting, especially considering that he has the starting job, um, why Jason Kidd isn't playing him as much in these games. And I feel like he's not giving getting as much of a chance to perform as he would like. Yeah, and it's been interesting to see Dwight Powell not even come into the game against the Suns after playing all 82 games last year. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know how he's feeling right now in Dallas. Hopefully mm-hmm. he's still appreciating his role. He's always been to me more of that role guy for them anyway. Yes. Always been someone to appreciate his role, play into that role, whatever is asked of him. Doesn't really get that many minutes. He gets seven minutes against the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed watching McGee, though, uh, over Powell. I, I mean, as yes. much as I did not enjoy reading the signing of him for $20 million, he's been solid, and he's been a good post-presence for us, which is what we need. People were comparing him to Tyson Chandler and all this stuff. Like, <laughs> get out of here with that. He is not Tyson Chandler, but I will yes. say he's a good post-presence for us. After Absolutely. I mean, I I was a JaVale McGee hater whenever he was on the Mavs this last, in his last stint. I was a JaVale McGee hater. Uh, last season, whenever he played for Phoenix, part of that is just because he was playing for Phoenix. But I will say it is incredible. It's like a breath of fresh air to have an athletic seven footer on the team. Uh, that hasn't happened in who knows how long. I wouldn't count KP as an athletic seven footer, but somebody who can be that rim runner, that defensive presence in the lane. Um, it's incredible to see like what Luca can even do with that, with that extra amount of space, with that extra amount of presence down there in the post. I agree with that 100%. And turning it around to last night, Dallas and New Orleans, a road game. It was tense all the way through till the end till Luca took that final shot. It yeah. was not a good last play, but no. New Orleans gets the win, 113-111 over the Mavericks. Again, the Mavericks should be winning when the Pelicans don't have Brandon Ingram or Zion. They were probably without some other guys as well. Mavericks without Tim Hardaway last night. 
Campazzo, is it Campazzo? Campazzo, uh, I think. Campazzo comes in for his first game, one for four. But I think the main culprit, we were talking about this a little bit, in this game was Reggie Bullock. He goes oh one for goodness. eight from the field in that game. Oh, my goodness. And the box score doesn't even get close to reflecting how bad he was in this game. I sat there and Didn't I watched. Dinwiddie is minus 15 in the box, and yeah. Bullock is negative two. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, The it doesn't begin to reflect how bad he was. Dinwiddie was bad. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He was bad. Uh, but at least he made some shots. Four for eight from three. He had eight 24 for points. From the field. He had 24 points. Part of that's because he was a ball hog. I can talk about that later on. But um, Reggie Bullock, I watched all 48 minutes of that game, and he was horrible. He got his ankles broken twice in the first quarter. He's supposed to be one of those defensive stoppers for us. Played terrible defense all game. Gave up a ton of clutch buckets against guys that I didn't even know the name of before the game started. <laughs> and he had three points in the game. Shot one for eight from the field, one for six from three. Um, and he wasn't even that big of a presence on the boards either. Five rebounds and two assists. Um, I was disappointed. I was incredibly disappointed. And nobody from the Pelicans played particularly well. Trey Murphy had 22 points, which Murphy is kind of crazy. He played, he played great. But nobody had an outstanding night offensively in terms of scoring because everybody mm-hmm. had, you know, in 11 to 22 points. Nobody had more than that or less than that, really, mm-hmm. on their whole roster. But it's a game the Mavs should win. I saw Christian Wood was talking about that at the end. You know, just they got complacent. Absolutely. I mean, it's early in the season. You're one and two. They're going to bounce back. I mean, it's too early to make predictions. We were talking about preseason, or not even preseason, just rank power rankings. Now mm-hmm. that the first three games are over and the Mavericks are 11th, I think that's totally fair. It's fair. For where they're at right now, after the break, we're going to talk about Jason Kidd a little bit and just some other Mavericks facts that we learned from these first three games to so mm-hmm. stick with us after this. So Jason Kidd, his rotations these last few games have been a little suspect, to say the least. We've been talking about it in our group chats and about just, you know, these rotations have lost us these two games. It's the main reason we've lost these two-point games and these two-point losses. He'll get it turned around. It's just frustrating to watch as a Mavs fan. Absolutely. It is. I, I would say it's more than frustrating. I would say it's infuriating. It's it's the first three games of the season, so how upset can you really be? I understand that. But also, both of the games that we've lost were so incredibly winnable. All we have to do is hold on to a lead in the game against the Suns. And all we have to do is play a little bit of defense and score a little bit in the game against New Orleans, and we would have been perfectly fine. New Orleans played a pretty good game. They had eight players in double digits, which is impressive. However, I I 100% agree that the rotations are the reason that we lost. We talked a little bit earlier about JaVale McGee only playing 12 to 14 minutes in these last three games. As a starting center, I think that that's pretty ridiculous um, that he only plays that amount of minutes, especially as the athletic seven-footer, as the rim protector that he's supposed to be. Talk a little bit about uh, JaVale McGee. He's got to get more minutes. Same with Christian Wood. He's got to be in the starting lineup, I think, for the Mavericks. Instead of doing this small ball stuff that kid has been trying, which, don't get me wrong, I think it can work at times in certain situations. You just have to be really careful about when you go small ball 
Absolutely. with I think it was Kleba at the five. Yes. Or Wood at the five. Yeah. You just got to be careful when you do that because teams are going to take advantage of you when at that point. You have guys with length and at, and at the perimeter and in the post. You got to utilize them. Mm-hmm. JaVale is one of those guys with 13 minutes average on the season, four rebounds a game. And 13 minutes is pretty solid. So get him more minutes. Get him into those 20, 30 minutes. Absolutely. The fact that Josh Green has more minutes than him is absurd. Yes. I was pointing this out last night. Josh Green, Frank Campasso, or Facundo Campasso, however you yeah. say his name, yeah. Campasso, have more minutes than JaVale McGee in last night's game. Don't even get me started on Campasso, man. He was. I, I understand that he's a talented player. This may not have been his best game. A friend with Luca, But he played horribly last night he played horribly he took some really bad shots he's 5'10 so he can't do anything on the defensive end of the floor I think he had one steal at one point which was pretty clutch in the fourth but I also want to say why didn't you give the minutes to Jaden Hardy over Campasso Campasso didn't perform at all and once you see that why don't you give somebody else a try Tim Hardaway Jr. is hurt Uh, Frank Neokina is out Give some of those guys a chance in a game in one of the first in one of the first three games, and allow them a chance to develop and get that valuable experience that you need in the NBA, especially early in the season. Where yes, it matters, but it doesn't matter as much as it will come March, April, the later in the year. Get the minutes now so they can be ready for those big time moments later in the season. And the fact Composo or Composo keep mm-hmm. saying it wrong, it does not matter, but. Yeah. He was the last guy to be added to this roster before the season even started. Jaden Hardy was a second-round pick. I understand it's a second-round pick. Not should very highly rated. Probably should have been a first-round pick. Give him minutes so he can develop. He's a young guy, played in the G League. He knows what to do. So does Camposo with Luca. You know, he was a friend with him, played with him, I believe, in Madrid. Yep. He's got value to this team, but he's a veteran guy. I mean, I understand the reasoning to put him in there, but you got to split the minutes a little more evenly. I want to point out the thing that I think is the main reason we lost last night's game. Uh, this is the lineup that played the most crucial minutes in the fourth quarter for the Mavs. It's Frank Campasso or Facundo. I don't know why I keep saying Frank. Campasso, Dinwiddie, Bullock. Um, Luca didn't even play until like six minutes left. So and Wood didn't point, even play either. It was Bullock, DFS, Maxi Kleber. That, that was our small ball lineup that we were playing. And it's that's absolutely work. horrible. It's not going to work. We played them for, the I think, the first five minutes of the fourth quarter. And then at that point, I think we subbed in Luca for Bullock or DFS or something like that. And we were playing small ball even more. Christian Wood doesn't come in until a minute 40 play. seconds left He's in the gotta game. He's got to play more in the fourth quarter. He was playing incredible basketball all night, and then for some reason Jason Kidd just doesn't play him for almost the full fourth quarter until a minute 40 seconds left. I don't understand, and that is the main reason that we lost last night. I agree with that, and you really got to turn it around for these next few games for the Mavericks. It's it, You can't do small ball in those key moments like that. You got to get Christian Wood in. Give it to your star players. Mm-hmm. Let them get those big-time moments in their time to shine. Yeah, and here's the thing. Small ball worked last season because we needed to play small ball. We didn't, we didn't ha- have Christian Wood. We didn't have Christian Wood. Or we didn't JaVale have McGee. JaVale McGee. We didn't have the guys that can step in and be those big producers in the paint. However, now we do. We have two guys. JaVale McGee's seven foot. Um, Christian Wood is 6'10", 6'11". I'm not exactly sure. Doesn't matter. We need to play one of those guys. Look at Christian Wood's numbers. In 29 minutes... 
8 for 10 field goals, 3 for 3 from the three-point line, 4 for 6 from free throw line, 6 rebounds, 23 points. Why is he not in the game until a minute 40 seconds left? I don't understand. We need to see more for, from Christian Wood in the fourth. I agree, and he even wants more playing time as well. He was saying that last night after the game. It's got to be Luca, THJ, Reggie, DFS, and Christian Wood at the end of the game, in my opinion. Maybe you get Dinwiddie there at some point. Maybe you get Kleba. You have depth. You just got to utilize it wisely. That's that's the point you're there, Jason Kidd. You have to manage the minutes wisely. Absolutely. And get your best guys with a hot hand at the floor at the right time. Yep. Yep, a couple more things from that, and then I'll be done. I wish that Jason Kidd would give give timeouts, use timeouts a little bit more freely. I understand the the need to hold back, withhold a little bit, but whenever the whenever the Pelicans are going on eight nothing runs, they're going on eighteen five runs at some points. Why aren't you calling with, a timeout earlier to stop that moment? With a lineup that's not very strong last night. Devontae exactly. Graham was probably their best player. Call a timeout. Get some of your key players in. Switch things around. Uh, I also want to mention, I want to see some more offensive production from Dorian Anthony-Smith. Um, I think he, the same goes for Bullock as well. Same goes from Bullock, except for Bullock's taking the shots. Bullock, yeah. Bullock is actually taking shots. He just needs to make them. Dorian has been a little bit hesitant in terms of shooting the ball. He's a little bit less active than he was last season in terms of making those cuts, driving to the bucket. I want to see some more of that. And then finally, if Spencer Dinwiddie dribbles for the entirety of the shot clock in the last five minutes of the game in a clutch situation one more time, I think I'm going to throw my phone at the TV. I, I don't know what else to say. I this happened so much in the playoffs last season where he just dribbles the ball up kind of goes off a couple screens and just ends up taking it to the bucket that is not good basketball he either takes it to the bucket or he shoots another one of those dribble step back threes and he makes it like 30 percent of the time we need to get the ball in Luka Doncic's hands or get it just move the ball around why are you standing there dribbling Nico Harrison, the Mavericks GM, said before the season that Spencer's not their second ball handler. I agree. And I think he's kind of proven that point within yeah. these first two games of the season. I love Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he's a great player, but you got to move the ball. Absolutely. And then finally, no matter how well you play, Luca, you can't shoot two for 13 from the three-point line. You just can't do it. That he, shot at the end of the game was so bad. It was so it was, bad. It was off from the beginning. It was so bad. The play was bad. The so play I, was bad. I'm not, a, I'm not as upset about that one. He airballed a couple threes. Most of them were short and just barely clipped the rim. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. You're scoring 37 points. You almost have a triple-double. I understand that, but we can't let that slide either. So I want to see more from him in there in that respect at least we're not the lakers who are the worst team <laughs> in the league right now in three-point shooting oh, at 21.2 percent let's just talk nba for a second yes. after these first few games clark what, what has surprised you in the nba to this point um i will say portland trailblazers being four and oh uh that is a surpriser for me uh they're up there with the bucks as the only remaining undefeated teams in the league I, having spent the summer in Portland, makes me a little bit happy. Uh, I wasn't expecting them to be this good. I was expecting them to be much better than last season with the addition of Jeremy Grant. 
um, Damian Lillard back healthy. I was expecting some good things, but that is impressive to me. And then, yeah, the thing that I was going to say is I'm so happy to see L.A. playing so poorly again. It's clear LeBron James is unhappy. He's making comments about we can't shoot a penny into the ocean right now. He's openly criticizing his team. Uh, and that just makes me happy because that's not a recipe for success in L.A. And the Lakers lost to the Warriors 123-109 in their first game, 103-97 against the Clippers in game two, and lost 106-104 to the Blazers. And they have the Nuggets tonight at 9 p.m. It's just rough in L.A. right now, shooting 21% from three. Mm-hmm. And it's the lowest in the league by a long shot. The next best team is the Bulls at 29%. So it's a pretty pretty wide margin there between the bottom team in three-point shooting and the Bulls. You know, LeBron, I saw videos of him just airballing threes and just getting frustrated with this team, but this is what he wants. You know, he, he needs yeah. that n- another ring. He's wanted it in L.A. so bad, wanted to be the star boy. Yes. And I know, Joseph, if you're listening – I'm sorry for your Lakers, man, but at the same time, it's a joke. It's been a clown show for a long time. LA's a bad organization. They have been since they lost Shaq, since they lost Kobe, since they lost Pau Gasol. We were talking about this. Which was a very respectable team and such a fun team to watch. Great team. And they've just lost it since then. I think that's okay. I think, LeBron, it's time to move on, go to another team, try to win elsewhere. It's it's okay to want to win, just LA is not the place to do it. I also want to say, in the last podcast, I mentioned the Cavs as a team that I was they've looking out good. for, and they've looked incredible. Granted, they've played the Wizards, they played the Bulls, and they played the Raptors. They barely lost. They lost by three, 108-105 to the Raptors. Had a massive win uh, over the Bulls, 128-96, and had a decent statement win over the Wizards, 117-107. I love Donovan Mitchell on the Cavs. I love the way that the team's looking. He's playing really well, 33 points a game right now this season. C.D. Osman, you know, 16 points a game. They they look good. I like Cleveland a lot. Yes. And, hey, LeBron, if you went out of L.A., Cleveland might be calling. You know, that would be yes. that'd be a great team. As much as I don't love LeBron, that would be a fun team that to That would be cool to see LeBron head back to Cleveland for the end of his career, finish it up They would there. have to give up so much for him, but yeah. <laughs> no, it would still be cool. Absolutely. So Absolutely. let's talk about – Mavericks next few games and kind of what we want to see from them tomorrow night yes Clark we've talked about it a little bit already but if the Mavericks want to get wins in their next few games like with Brooklyn tomorrow night at 6 30 on the road what do they got to do to win um I'm expecting a good game uh, tomorrow versus Brooklyn both teams are one and two but both haven't looked too poor Ben Simmons hasn't been looking very good at all. He's passing the ball well, turning over the ball, and fouling at massive rates. Um, But he has a history of locking up Luka. And so uh, we will see what that matchup looks like. But I I think that we can pull off a win tomorrow. I think that the keys to wins in the next couple games, obviously Jason Kidd needs to do a better job. He needs to get his act together. But that's a given. We've talked about that enough. I want to see Luca be more careful with the shots that he's taking on the perimeter. You don't have to chuck up a three every time. You can rely on some of those guys. Force them to make shots. They need to be better. And then we just talked about more production from Bullock, more production from DFS. And then I just want to see Christian Wood get some more time on the floor in key moments. I agree with that. I think you have to get your bigs in a little bit more often so you're not playing small ball all the time, which 
like we said, it worked for the Mavericks last year, but this is a new season. It's a new era in Dallas. You got to get your guys more playing time at the end of the game, especially, and better rotations, like I just mentioned. Everything you just mentioned is what we have to do these next few games against Brooklyn tomorrow night, at home against Oklahoma City on Saturday. For the next five games. For the next five games. Yes. That's what we got to do at home. So we have Oklahoma City on Saturday at home, Orlando. Worst team in the league. One and three. Gildas Alexander is great for the Thunder, but yeah. the Magic, are they're really bad. Yeah. <laughs> They got Bancaro, which he's honestly he's looked decent. He's looked great. I, I look I like Bancaro a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then Utah on Wednesday. It's gonna be a fun one to watch. You know, these next few games. We'll see yes. if Dallas can turn it around. It's been a little bit frustrating. But Clark, do you have any final thoughts? I just want to say there is hope. I am usually a pessimist in nature, but I feel positive about the future for the Mavs. I can tend to be negative, especially on a podcast like this where I'm giving <laughs> opinions. But I want to say that I love the way that this Mavs team is looking. I'm just providing criticisms and tweaks for the future because we can be incredible this season if we get our act together in some of these areas. We should be 3-0 and and we're not. We'll find out how we're doing next week when we come back. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Mavericks Week 2 podcast.